which is how we always start. Yeah, because this is a live show. It is. And we are very aware of when we start as per the beginning of every episode where we're fully ready to get started as soon as we're live. Of course, every time. Happy holidays. Happy Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy Hanukkah. Happy whatever it is people said. Oh, happy New Year for, <clears throat> for next week because I don't think we're going to do an episode next week. I mean, maybe. No, I don't think so. What day we of the week? Talk is about that Sunday? at the end. It's the third. We could. It's the day before I go back to school. We could. I'm probably still going to be around here. I need to change my tickets and work out my travel plans to go back home. Because I'm not home, obviously. Yeah, I've just I was going to say. So you. I've used this setting family. before at my brother's place. But not this room. Yeah. Yeah, I have. Really? I have used this room as my background once. It looks very different because I don't remember. I, I think it was messy. It was cleaner. I mean, they're about to move, so it's a bit of a mess around here. That's how it goes when you uh, move. Yeah, it is. Exactly. And have you had a good Christmas? Have you? Are you I have. I've eaten way too much food. <clears throat> I am definitely several kilos heavier. Um, I've had some fantastic food, really great wines, you know, a lot of toys and cool gifts. Actually, my laptop is sitting on one of my gifts, gift box. Nice. A kitchen, a kitchen mixer. Not a fancy oh, wow. one, I, I just a practical hand mixer. That doubles up as a chopper, apparently. Oh, that would save a lot of time. This, I don't have one in the kitchen. I'm still like putting my kitchen stuff together. These are the kinds of gifts you get when, as you get older, right? It's no longer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. What do you need? I stuff for my kitchen um, and otherwise books. And I do have a Nintendo Switch Pro controller that I'm very excited about. What's the Pro controller? You have to show me. My gifts are here. Because we very nearly bought ourselves. A this switch. is not a. What, <laughs> you nearly bought yourself a switch. You yep. should have done yourself a favor and bought a switch. Yeah, this I'm trying to persuade controller. my wife. Oh, is it? That looks like a more traditional. Don't persuade controller. her. Just buy it. Buy it. Buy it. <laughs> buy it. <laughs> I don't work for Nintendo whatsoever. Just so you know. <laughs> but, I'm really. I mean, honestly, it. Mario. Mario Odyssey is. Awesome. Zelda Breath of the Wild's come out like several years ago and it's so good. Uh, Mario Kart is awesome. We play for players. There's so many indie games in the sweat eShop that are awesome. I'm there are plenty that are on promo that I'm probably gonna just you know get just buy a few. And like there's awesome and I'm really in, I really, really I'm you know, Nintendo is what I grew up with, so awesome Mario and Zelda games I'm very happy with. You can sink in, you know, 150 to 300 hours into Zelda Breath of the Wild, no problem. Yeah. Over yeah. several sessions. That is, that uh, is. And the indie games are so good. And they're all porting old games and also old games that I had missed onto the Switch because, because it's not as powerful as the PS5, but they're re-releasing games from like 15 years ago. And I'm like very happy to play games that I missed 15 years ago. Like Bioshock Collection just came out remastered i never played bioshock and apparently it still plays really well it's 13 years old and uh I, i'm gonna get that 
at some point. I, I'm wondering if now is the time when I can indulge hours on games. Because when I was growing up, my dad limited the amount of time I could play. Of course. And I never quite made the jump, that learning curve of learning all the controls and everything. I never quite got there. But I have a deep appreciation for the whole thing. And I'm, I've gotten so addicted to like the top indie game of the year from 2018, which is a really, really badly addictive game. And it's so good called Dead Cells. And it's a action pixel art 2D kind of Metroid Castlevania style yeah. game. Yeah. Except the twist is that you wake up, at you, so you never progress. I mean, you progress, but you never progress. So you have one life. You wake up in this prison and you have to go as far as you can, then you die, you come back at the beginning. But there's a lot of different places you could explore and permanent upgrades that you gain on the way that when you start again, you have. Uh, okay. And a ridiculous amount of combos, weapons and stuff to explore. And it's both very satisfying, but also super frustrating. And the fact that you always come back at the beginning, but you have something a little bit more to explore some other area it's both, and the, the areas are, each level is kind of the same area, but it's randomly uh, generated. So it's never exactly the same. Oh, wow. It's really good. And the graphics are just gorgeous. Did you ever play Elite? No. You didn't? Okay. <clears throat> the reason I ask is because some of my pupils at school, so they're like 17 now, 17, 18. They're going on and on about Elite, which is one of the first games I've on the, the bit. You've never heard of Elite? Really? The space you, trading e game? E where E-L-I-T-E? E no. Wow, it was, it was on like the BBC Micro, one of the first 8-bit computers. And it, uh, <laughs> it was a space trading game where you had a ship and you went from planet to planet to upgrade your ship and weapons and flying and like landing, docking, and all of that. And these guys are talking about it. This game was out in the 80s. And they're talking about how amazing it is. And I used to fiddle around and play, play a couple of the old versions. This is also coming from the same two pupils who have an Oculus, one of those things. I tried the Oculus Quest a, couple, a few weeks ago as well. Is it good? A Star Wars game. Uh... Ooh. So I had, yeah, I'd been a few years since I tried a, a VR set. Obviously, it's not as highly powered as some of the others I tried, but that was a few years ago. So I don't, I guess it balances out. Uh, it's kind of cool to be in the middle of things. It's both great and weird, but the, the, the fact that you have, so you, you set limits for your gaming space. Okay. Otherwise, you'd crash your living room, right? Yeah. You can't really see anything. So what's weird about it is that the game design of the game I was playing. So there's one game that people rave about that I have not tried called Beat Saber. Uh, and it's a thing where you stand in place and everything comes at you. You have to duck and just use lightsabers or whatever it is, something. Okay. So it's a mix of a rhythm game and you have to move around. Uh, but the game design is centered around the fact that you don't walk around. You can move your body up and down, side to side, but stuff come at you. Sure. Um, whereas that Star Wars game, you're in an environment where your character is walking around, walking around because you can't walk. 
you can't walk because you, you as soon as you just move around or make a then then or just move your arm too far you have all these red lights come up to say hey don't go beyond your gaming limit um and so instead you're kind of just looking around the graphics aren't great so it's kind of like oh it's cool i'm on a star cruiser but uh it's uh yeah it's not much better than i mean it's better I, if, on one hand more immersive because you're kind of looking around and you're a star cruiser on another hand you have to press a button on your remote on your which is weird as well because you have you see your hands you have um, uh, these devices that you're wearing with that are also controllers yeah so in the game you don't see the controller you just see your hands except that your hands are my they're in the same spot as my real hands but they don't move like my real hands my real hands are pressing buttons on a controller yeah which is a little bit confusing and then you press a button to go to go somewhere. So you, I have to. You have to fight the urge not to step. You're not supposed to step. I mean, unless you have a giant, you know, giant room that is for that. So you have to press a button so that your character goes from here to here, and your environment moves around you, which breaks completely the immersion. I think. Yeah. And I was like. And then you're just kind of chatting with people, choosing options. I didn't go very far because I was with a friend and I'm like, no, this is not really what I want to try right now. So I, I don't know if the game's any good as a game, the story of the game, I'm not sure. The graphics are not amazing. Uh, you feel like you don't, I mean, I don't, I don't know if you feel like you're in a Star Cruiser, you know, you can look around you're like, oh, I'm in a Star Cruiser, the graphics aren't great. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm not convinced. I'm just uh, that's interesting. And plus, I'm having a lot more fun with it, with the indie games I just mentioned, that are like games made by tiny teams or one guy, that are a lot of pixel art that are revisiting the early forms of video games, but with all the knowledge and design that we have now. And so that, that leads sounds to just cool. to me awesome, that sounds really, really really cool games. And I I like the indie. I mean, I like the craft that goes behind it because that's craft. That's like yeah. made by a very small team of people. Uh, and they, they usually go there because nobody's going to finance the kinds of games these guys want to make. Yep. And they end up being pieces of art, really, or just plain fun. The game I just described is made by, uh, I didn't even know it was French until yesterday, it was made by a small game studio in Bordeaux. Oh, wow. Sounds, yeah. And, uh, and the games that are successful, like everybody's talking about them and they're heavily, they're usually much cheaper than the AAA games yeah. of Nintendo or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and heavily discounted at times like this. Like when I'm like, I'm just gonna give up and buy a few games right now. There's a bunch that are on my wish list that are five, six, seven dollars right now, instead of 20, 25, 15, you know? And those are games I can spend hours on. There's There's, one called The Gardens Between that I, I started playing, which is beautiful. It's the stories, uh, the story, like it's it's a bit melancholy, nostalgic. It's stories from two boyfriends growing up uh, and that seem to be on the eve of one of them moving away, uh, away okay. or something like that. But okay. it's not, there's no words, there's no description. There's just beautiful, beautiful candy uh, graphics. And, uh, and the puzzles are these little islands that you that you walk around, and each of these islands represent a set of memories. There's one about tech and video games, and the mechanic of the game is beautiful. Is is the only thing that you do is go back up, uh, forward and backward, 
and it's as if you're rewinding or going forward on a video. And then there's like a couple of mechanics that are about just time tweaking. And it's just really beautiful. There's soothing music. It's, it's, I don't think it's a very long game, but I spent one evening and a half on it a few weeks ago. And it's just really cool. I think I have a few more puzzles to solve, but it's, uh, let's, you know, it won a bunch of, um, accolades and uh it was nominated for a bunch of gaming awards at shows and uh, so you know uh, there's, there's the kind of action-packed really soothing there's all all sorts of other ones in between i've like been you know binging a little bit on um nintendo switch channels and games of what's going on trying a few demos and watching sounds, videos of the latest sounds like a whole games. world for me that i could really get into i really really could Oh, I mean, when I send you the best indie games, you'd be like, whoa, okay. I watched also really interesting videos uh, about why a lot of indie games choose to do pixel art and 2D, like really, really beautiful 2D pixel art. Um, and it, so another one is Celeste that I got back into. That's like considered one of the best games of 2018 or 2019. Heavily pixelized, super, super, super difficult platform game. Oh, wow. But, yeah, uh, yeah, it's kind of like you have one screen, you have to go from here to here, and you're gonna die. To I'm, I'm at fifteen hundred deaths, I think so far. You die, start again, <laughs> die, start again, die, start again. It's like some of the set, some of the like, and that was made by a small team or even one guy. I'm not sure, but the but the theme of the game and the story of the game is impressive. And I'm only at the, I'm not at the beginning, beginning because I'm at the third level, I think, but um. I'm trying to beat my sort of second boss right now. It's so difficult. Uh, the uh, the story is that it's a little girl, well, a, a girl, girl, woman, you're not sure how old she is, but just kind of cartoony. But the theme is that she's, she's going on a quest to climb Celeste Mountain. And she's going on this quest to climb Celeste okay. Mountain because it's very difficult. And it's, it's, a, it's an analogy to her, to her mental state. And she's like depressed oh, wow. and anxious and she wants to deal with it and she's confronting her mountain and she meets characters on the way. So in between the sets of really difficult, pure platform, eight bit like craziness, yeah. there's these conversations that are surprisingly deep about like how she's feeling and what's going on in her head and why she's wow. climbing this mountain. It's super interesting. Wow, that sounds great. Mm. I, I can see it. Maybe, maybe that'll be one of my things to explore in 2021 gaming. But we should send you a few we videos. should talk you should please do we should talk t-shirts and cups and get back yes. to the whole so thing so i have a uh, coffee mug um so in the village where my brother lives in la tour de france there are uh, pottery artists and they have a different pieces from this handmade pottery pot pot handmade yeah handmade coffee mug or little mug and is it a coffee uh, mug because it obviously doesn't... you can see my winter yeah? is it a coffee mug because it doesn't have a handle uh what is it a coffee i you're asking me questions about pottery and and crockery that i i don't know i i put coffee in it so that became a coffee mug for me or coffee coffee device coffee drinking device coffee receptacle well fair enough coffee i wonder because the whole non-handle thing anyway that's a whole other thing we could talk about that they do have a couple with handles anyway. without handles feels weird and you've got your win. You were going to say you got your winter shirt. Yeah, my plaid, you know, Canadian lumberjack plaid shirt, red and green kind of Christmas 
the theme. Uh, the the t-shirt is not particularly Christmas themed, but I had worn this one before. I don't think. Right? No, you haven't. It's a watermelon that cut his own face, mouth, Joker. Just my. <laughs> we want to know how he got those scars. We want to know how he got that mouth. Ooh, there's Quite a delay a dark between your video and your sound. It's kind of like it, it's it's yeah, uh, it's a weird T-shirt. It's kind of disturbing. You're like, oh, this is a happy T-shirt. You're like, what? Wait, wait a minute. Is it? <laughs> is it a happy T-shirt? The jury is out. It's each to his own interpretation about whether this is a happy T-shirt or not. I think it, it's very you. I like to think about it. The very villain T-shirt. <laughs> yeah. The dark within the light, oh, the light within the dark. I've got on one of my favorite t-shirts. I don't know if you've seen this. Seen this? No, I had not, but it's very good. Yeah, coexist. Yeah, this is cool. I like it. Coexist. So I like. Wait, I what is the E? Is the E just? Is the E Internet Explorer? What's that? No, E is E equals MC squared. Oh, e uh, okay. So you've got like. Science can coexist with religion. Is Islam, peace sign, hippies. Science, yeah, Judaism. That's a five-point yeah. start on top of the eye for satanic, yin yang, <laughs> and Christianity. I like it. And everyone coexists. So like now it. we've done that. Episode yeah, like eleven twenty-seven, but it's okay. Yeah, episode <laughs> twenty-three. What do we, what do we do? We're reflecting on the year. We've kind of started to do that, and reflecting on the episodes. So I'm going to ask you. I, I, I messaged you these questions yesterday on WhatsApp, yes. but I thought, a, I thought a good place to start is, would be, what's the, what do you see, what do you think is the biggest thing that you've learned from doing all these episodes, 22 episodes? Um, so of course, just of course, I read the questions, I was playing Dead Cells and then I put them to the side. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, wait a minute, I can, I think I'm, I can think, I try to beat this boss before I reflect. Or I'll reflect tomorrow later. morning. And I did not reflect this morning. I, I did shower and get a coffee and arrive a few minutes late. Um, I was with my nieces as well. It's my excuse. <laughs> uh, so what did I learn this year through these calls? Well, I think the, the main and biggest thing after the fact that I learned is I have interesting things to say. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's not that I didn't know that if you asked me, but in this matter and fashion, even just the way that we started these calls <laughs> and that you said, wow, that'd be really great. I mean, one, we really enjoy ch chatting with each other, which, yeah. which we do. And it's great that we have these calls. I really, really enjoy that. And that's a good thing. I enjoy that because I don't know that there's many people watching. There are a few more people watching than there were in July. And the people who do watch tell me that they enjoy it. Oh, that makes me think in a second, I also have my YouTube in reviewed kind of like end of year channel thing. Mm -hmm. And the vast majority of the time people spend watching it uh, are these calls because that's mostly what I've been publishing for the last few months. I've not been mm -hmm. publishing much else. There are a few other things, but that's really a lot of my focus for the YouTube channel in the last few months anyway. Um, so, and I think there's, there was 8,000, over 8,200 hours watched that sounds really good. Or minutes, wait, minutes, 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 probably minutes. <laughs> Still a lot of minutes. 8,200 minutes. Yeah, no, no, 8,000 hours doesn't sound right. 
relationship. And otherwise I learned, yeah, so that I have valuable things to say to people, Absolutely. to young people, I suppose. Um, I might have deleted that thing. Forget it. I'm not going to look for that. Um, and uh, learned. What else did I learn? Uh, particularly down to these conversations. I mean, I think that's the biggest one that I have a lot to to give over, to transmit over, and to have fun while doing it, and have fun interacting with you in conversations. I'd probably still ways to go to learn how to formulate all those things in, or or formalize. But then again, the, that's not the purpose of these particular calls. These is to have fun and just include whatever I'm learning. So it's like actually giving free range to my, to the way that I do go on full tangents all the time, which is cool. And you're encouraging or just, you know, bringing yeah. me back sometimes. And it's got me excited to read yeah. and watch and do a lot more. And, and I'm still like, I don't have enough yeah. time. And it's funny because I've been saying uh, after my dad's death that I've not really focused much on producing a lot of things for work. Mm -hmm. So I've stopped doing mm -hmm. my other videos. I've not been, I had a whole series of texts that, um, that I was writing before September that I kind of put a pause on. I was busy with my class and everything. So it's not like I was doing nothing at all, but I felt like I was under producing for what I would normally do and what I was doing this summer. Mm -hmm. Somebody else I talked to felt like I'm doing tons. I'm doing these videos every week. I seem to be pretty doing busy doing courses and classes. But I was like, that I feels like less than less than par for me. Uh, not in a bad way. I don't mean that, but it's just interesting to get somebody else's perspective. Is what I mean. Somebody sure. else's perspective being, you know, you're doing tons of things. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, so I'm I'm definitely interested in developing a lot of what I'm learning and practicing. And it's so much easier to do this kind of show than even though it's not always on time for the audio. Um, what I mean by that is I'm, I, I have another batch of audio episodes to publish. We're not really focusing on that as much. But to have this kind of meeting takes a lot less time and effort than mm -hmm. my, my other kinds of podcast episodes, looking for guests, preparing questions, editing, etc. cetera. Um, and it's, yeah, it's cool. And I'm learning a bunch, a bunch of stuff because you're sharing the books that you're reading. So that I feel even more behind about my reading list that I add more stuff. And then one week to the next, I'm like, I didn't really read that much stuff. What else am I going to add to our conversations? But I'm sure I, I don't think of, well, we have, we seem to revolve around the same topics, but that's only because we're interested in the same things and we have similar ways to view the world Yeah, and a bunch of other differences as well, but around what is important, you know, focusing on what's important questioning what makes you happy and things like that are topics that come around that circle back that always will probably yeah I and think not so. everybody watches every episode so it doesn't really matter that we circle around to different things but then i've gone on attention now i think yeah. <laughs> i think that the funniest thing for me is how you interrupt yourself so you'll explain <laughs> something you'll talk about it then you'll talk about something else and then it'll interrupt what you said before and I, that's the beauty of a con. I think it's the beauty of a, a, a really interesting conversation. Yeah. And I, I, those are the conversations I love the most. Me too. 
conversations that are confrontational or debate driven and we had a couple at christmas christmas eve that ended up mm. with, you know uh anyway whatever topic it discussed well I, I can even talk about it because like there became a conference heated 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 conversation upset heated conversation over dinner mm. uh about <laughs> people are gonna go like oh religion or politics no <laughs> No, like I got like an that ended up pretty angry uh, before dissipating a bit, and then there was another one. But that one was about the quality of the butchers in the central place of Perpignan. <laughs> I know. You know I was I was really. I told my siblings, to like, like you guys had a really heated, heated, angry debate. Like you were really angry with each other around that. That was basically about whether this butcher was good or not. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> it kind of goes to show it tells you a lot about what matters to my family food basically food. <laughs> has really really uh, strong feelings French. about food okay. isn't that french thing though it's french not a, no no Please. not to this kind of level it's that's not just french it, it can be but it's not just french I'm a massive snob about a lot of French people I've met with their food. I'm like, hmm, you consider this to be good? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I love it. That's, that's really funny. But, but it's also very human. And part of, the, one of the things I've missed over Christmas is the quality of conversation, but also the argument. I do, I enjoy <laughs> I enjoy the discussion. Depending. Sometimes like, well, you know, you could easily do pop psychology and go, well, that, that argument that happened over dinner is probably about something else by the end Absolutely. of it. Absolutely. Yeah. But, it anyway, but, but I, do I do enjoy heated conversations and debates about points of views when they're developed and interesting. <laughs> Sometimes it's just people being angry at each other. You're like, okay, this is not really progressing yeah, much. That's not really what they're angry about. So the, the, yeah, I think these 22 episodes have taught me that conversation is great. I, I like asking questions and I think that young people are endlessly fascinating. Endlessly. Yeah. <laughs> the stuff that they say from the, the really silly, like, Star Wars episodes one, two, and three are better than four, five, six. A lot through, of people, a lot of young people think that. Ridiculous. Through two, what am I going to do with my life? And the, not in a facetious, silly, kind of awkward way, but in a genuine, like a young person asking a genuine question. And I think that when one of my pupils said they thought the premise for our conversations was great, I, th I think we have something. I do think cool. we have. We I've have heard the same from my students. Oh, that's great. They too. said they enjoyed it. They, they have had several tell me they enjoyed it. I, I might even ask for specific feedback from them. I think you should. I'll get, I'll, I'm sure I'll get I'll get specific stuff. Yeah. So I think the next obvious question leading on from that is, where where do we see this going? Well, I don't know. I'm perfectly content doing it the way we're doing it. 
maybe if anything, you know, because you pulled out questions, maybe like try to try to tackle different kinds of topics. Try to be a little bit more organized about what questions we're going to go and look at. Uh, I say we, but that's your job. That is my <laughs> so job. It's, it's interesting. Not that it's only your job, but you select the questions, but maybe like to make sure that we're, we're changing a little bit the kind of stuff that we talk about. And do we need to go anywhere? I don't know. Uh, you know, like have a curriculum and make sure we do we and actually even just what I said, do we even need to do that? Maybe not. Hmm. I, uh, I had exactly the same thought process. I thought, oh, yeah, we could pick a theme and then have like a question that relates to that theme every month and then change a the theme. And then eventually I was like, maybe not. Maybe we just keep exploring. And yeah. I'd be quite happy to explore for a few more episodes before and even I, it might just be one of those where like as long as we're happy to keep talking then we can and as long as people are actually it doesn't even matter that people are watching of course I'd be very happy if more people watched but honestly I'm not really promoting it very much <laughs> not lately uh, I yeah. should and I should absolutely get down to doing more for promotion and looking for jobs like very soon uh, I'm taking a little bit easy on the right right now. I took this week pretty much off. I'm probably going to take most of the coming week off, except that I do need to do some grading that probably should be done before the end of the year. Mm -hmm. um, and then, well, just this is just realistically, I need to, you know, I've not been doing a lot of promotion. There was a little bit of that. That was, you know, I, I mentioned my dad's death and I uh, and I had put to the side to um, to collect and translate and transcribe all the text mm -hmm. done for his eulogy, and I just published that on my website. And that was meaningful to me to circle back to that thing. For a while, I realized I couldn't I couldn't even look at it. I couldn't touch it. Uh, wow. I was there, but but I, I I thought I realized my mom had been talking about it, and I've been putting it to later. And then a few weeks ago, I tried opening it. I was like, okay, I've been saying now for several weeks, saying, telling myself for several weeks, I should take care of it because I want to do it. And then I was like, I just can't, I can't even. Um, and, uh, and the following day I was like, all right, I'm ready. I'll, I'll start tackling it. So I started working on it. Um, and uh, yeah, amazing so it was post. done and it was published on the 24th and it's done. Uh, I'm happy with it. My mom seems to want to do other things, but she didn't, and you know, she, she was busy on the 24th and we didn't even make a much of a big deal of it. I just published it, posted it. And for me, it was completing something to have it available yeah. for others online. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, and it was, you know, it was a bit of a process, just needing a bit of a time because like just translating and transcribing these things and just like crying <laughs> doing it. Um, it's a very, yeah. very moving post. Very moving. Thank you. It's, it's brilliant. And uh, I say thank you. This is not my post. This is everybody's. I wrote my bit. This it's a collection of what everybody wrote and said at my dad's funeral. So, and the the ceremony, the songs we chose, all that. So it's it's not just mine at all. But I published it. Yeah. No. It was. It had that sense of acknowledgement of things coming together. The the even the little links, learning the difference between grief and mourning mm. and the songs. Like my dad plays guitar and he's a bit of a folky and he loves Simon and Garfunkel, but also John Denver. Yeah. You know, like it's little things like that 
the bring home to me, of course, when I read it, I'm thinking about my parents and I'm thinking about my life and my parents' life. And, you know, it's, it was a very reflective post and the, the range of perspectives as well. It was, it's a, it's a great read. It, it just, it, it's more than just about, it speaks to all the big themes that we talk about on this live stream podcast. Which is, I, you know, if you're worrying at the beginning of your life, what do you want me? What do you want your life to be about? And yeah, that are very perfect. justified concerns about what you, what are the right choices for your career? So I've had several conversations with my students. We are completely going on to Seoul, uh, the new Pixar movie. Uh, trying to do that without spoilers. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, it is very, very good. I need to watch it again. It's. I it's, do too. There's a lot there. It's so not for kids. I thought, whoa, this is so not for kids. Really? It, not no. that it's not. It's not that. It, it's not that it, kids can watch it, and little ones watched it. And my niece, who's four, said it's a, it's a film about life and death, which is not giving anything away from the trailer. I don't mm -hmm. think. Um, if you watch the trailer, you know that. And even if you didn't watch the trailer, it doesn't matter. The name kind of gives it away. But what I mean is that. Wait a minute. Let me check that I'm not spoiling anything. I spoil it. <laughs> Uh, I don't like spoilers either. So, so okay, so let me try to leave this. Uh, Inside Out and a lot of other Pixar movies and a lot of other animation even more so these days, but Pixar is particularly, and Pete Docter in particular, so the, yeah, the film yeah. director. Yeah. Who, film director for Monsters, Inc., Up, and uh, Inside Out, who's like my favorite big time. Mm. Uh, and so, obviously. Was he involved in Toy Story? I mean, involved in so far as he's part of the roster of directors, yes, but he's not the director. Okay. That was John uh, Patterson, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, so I don't know about his involvement other than if you read Creativity Inc., which I highly recommend, one of the best books ever. You've read that one? No. You've not read <laughs> this is a few years old now, but it was in my top three, maybe now top five non nonfiction books ever. You need to read Creativity Inc. Okay. I've not read it. It's amazing. I do. Um, Creativity Inc. is uh, by uh, the CEO and co-founder of Pixar about the creative process and the story of his life and the story of the business. I'm typing it in. By uh, Ed Catmull, that's his name. Okay. Ed Catmull, it's so good. It's really, really, really good. And they talk about the story process they go through, the process they go through to, to make sure they nail every bit of their story of whatever story is gonna come out of, of Pixar Studios. Uh, it's probably, and they talk about the changeover to Disney as well. Anyway, uh, what I meant by that is, is there's a more and more animation movies mm. that are, that have several levels of jokes for kids and for adults. Yeah. And some of the deeper ones like Inside Out, that yeah. uh, I'll be careful not to spoil, but still you should have seen that. Uh, not you, I mean, people watching. People. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of complex stuff that are simplified and represented within Inside Out, the human yeah. brains, feelings, what goes on. Uh, it's still a lot more comprehensible from a story perspective to, to children, I think. Hmm. Uh, this one, Soul, is a lot denser. So it's not that you don't understand, but it, it feels like there's a few jokes for the kids, but that are a little bit, there's not that much for small kids to understand. My niece, my 11 year old niece just said she preferred Inside Out to Soul. Because I think she's, I mean, I would have to talk to her about it, but my father, my brother hasn't seen it yet. Uh, so I want to have more conversations, but I want, I want to watch it again because I'm sure that I didn't get everything about it. 
the references in there are like dense. I I know what you mean. But it's it's good. Don't get me wrong. Mean. It's not. I don't. I don't mean. I agree. I, I was like, totally whoa. Agree. Okay, they went really far, but. Um, yeah. 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 Oh, the video is lagging a little bit. I yeah, I I, I have exactly the same feeling. I don't think it's your machine. I think it's me. Let's assume it's me. But uh, I totally agree. I want to watch okay. it again and unpick it and immerse myself in how I felt. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah I can. Uh, and, uh, and of course, like, what I was saying, I did hear that. What I was saying at the beginning, or not at the beginning, just before we started talking about soul at the same time, for the students and pupils worried about what their life is going to be like, what are the right choices for their studies, for their careers, for their lives, for whatever, <clears throat> and reflecting mm -hmm. on the life of somebody and what it means to, what it, what is uh, what does a life well lived mean? Which mm -hmm. is a lot of mm -hmm. what soul is about, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's certainly not at all the only thing it's about because you could just go in a lot of different directions about what was going on in that movie. Um, but what it means to have, have a life well lived and just also a lot of death that is surrounding, well, I mean, surrounding us. The themes of the year, the pandemic, the conversations, the mainstream news, the news altogether, uh, personal stuff for me and not from, I'm not the only one. A lot of people experience, you know, people either having died or on the brink of it or et cetera through, throughout the 2020, it's been complicated yeah. on that side. And uh, a big reminder that life is short and life is precious. And at the same time, we're not wired to live that way on the day-to-day -day basis. Yeah. It's, it takes yeah. a mental effort, like system two, rational thinking, extra effort. And it's still nebulous to think, okay, well, life is going to end. We're not wired to think that way. Yeah. We're wired to think that it's just, you know, this is what it is for how long, I don't know, whatever you believe in afterwards. But we don't. Again, whatever you believe in is rational, effortful thinking. It's not intuitively going along with things. <laughs> I, I totally agree. The, the film explores a lot of the big themes and allows conversation about big themes in a way that I haven't encountered in many films. Yeah. And I, I was... Uh, <laughs> the, the soundtrack hit me. I mean, oh, yeah, I, I, used, I used to play piano, I play guitar, like the jazz thing really got me, but the, really but good. also the finding out that, you know, my hero, Trent Reznor, I was like, I said partway through the film, that sounds like Trent Reznor. And it was, and it is. And it's yeah, my uh, brother-in-law that I watched it with, who told me the same thing about Trent Reznor and the music beforehand, before it started, he was yeah. excited about that too. And I was like, whoa, because he's, his music is not, associated with a Pixar film mm. <laughs> his music his music and the band that he put together Nine Inch Nails which are now in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is dark <laughs> a very very dark not very nice music and it was it I still go back to it I, I love it it's it's it helps express a lot of the dark side of, of how I feel a lot of the time and I go to that music and then the soundtrack stuff Academy Award for the soundtrack for the, the social network and it doesn't surprise me that as an artist that he's involved in a film like Soul because 
I think his art, he's, he's an artist. He's not a musician. He's not a, like a pop thing. It, artistry is what he's about. And I think it complemented the film perfectly. And it, it's, and I, I wasn't surprised that I was like, I was taken up by the sound. I was like, oh, this, I, why do I feel like I'm, why, why do I feel these things? And it's not very often that I'll watch a film and I'm thinking that. I was thinking about what I was thinking about watching that film. Mm-hmm. And it, and I got a bit irritated with my wife because she fell asleep at one point, but it was, I'm, I think, but I want to rewatch the it. The others fell asleep. And I was in a bit of a second state because, uh, I watched it on the 25th late at night and I had slept only four hours the following the previous day, 24th, slept four hours. And I was like, it was not reasonable, but my brother-in-law was like, I'm watching it. Uh, so I was like, oh, okay, I am too. I want to come and watch it with you. My sister fell asleep. He was falling asleep at bits. I didn't, <laughs> but I was very tired. <laughs> But I was like, whoa, I was still, I was full on into it. But we had to pause a few times because their daughter didn't want to sleep. So, so. Yeah, I, I was, it was great. It was really great. And if you're wondering what that noise is, it's my wife doing yoga. I don't know if you can hear it. This does pick up like lots of this new mic I have, picks up everything. Is it Omni? That, but... what, what kind of, is it omnidirectional? It's, I don't know if it, I guess it is. What's the term? Car- caradoid? Carad- cardoid. Carad- I don't know what it is. Yeah, cardoid. It's one of those. So it does pick up pretty much everything. But I do want to share my screen with, I did see, I did some homework. Can you believe this? Whoops. That's yeah, not. I do. I believe it a lot more than me doing homework. I shared the wrong screen. I want to share this. So we're kind of reflecting about all the episodes and I, I came up with these categories. I totally grouped together these m- myself. I thought looking back at the titles that we had a bunch of stuff about studying, a bunch of stuff about the working world and a bunch of stuff about self-development. And that was in putting this together. That's when I thought, oh, hang on, maybe we should pick a theme every month and then pick questions that relate to the theme. And then I thought, ah, oh, that sounds like too much work. We should just actually just talk about whatever we talk about and see where we go. Even the even this, I just had because we looked at it briefly before we started recording. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And now looking at it right now, which it makes total sense that the questions that we will have revolve around this. Yeah. This you just made a one, two, three, so traditional way to look at life in a in a very like normal formal normalized fashion of you go through your studies and then you go to work for a certain amount of career and then for not everybody but there's a lot of people that get to a point in their career that they wonder about what their life is about and then they they can think about self-development now wow possibly more and more people think about self-development throughout and this is what we talk about but exa- exactly for this, exactly for looking at it like one, two, three, it's not that the questions will all relate to this, but I'm almost like even more so thinking now that I'm like, no, I want to reject that whole structure. Now, it's not wrong because most of the people have it, but we shouldn't necessarily mimic that. No, and I didn't even put it in any order. No, that was but, just, but it is though. <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't even see that until you said it. I didn't see that. It was, it was just how I thought of it. And the numbers jump around a bit, like, but 
Wow. I never No, I never but then it's that. on the left-hand column, studying, working, and then self-develop. Now, you don't do that then, but I think more a lot of people go, wait a minute, what am I doing with my life? And then then go to look at who they are. We're saying do it now, which is what we've yes. been saying throughout the episodes. Yeah, exactly. And there's nothing wrong with it. And of course, and it makes total sense, just like we said earlier, that a lot of the pupils and students are worrying both about their immediate problems, uh, challenges, studying, and the, the next challenge coming up, depending where they're at. So for your pupils, it's a tiny bit further away. For mine, it's right now uh, of uh, what are they doing for work, which defines a lot of people in a modern society. That's and whether and that's a whole question. Should we be defined by our, by our work? That's a whole ongoing question. Now you you said you want and, and a life well lived. Go back to the the the, yeah. the post about my dad is usually not defined by work, uh, although it has some some aspect of it. And then it makes me, of course, think of those posts. Uh, there was a very popular. There's more than one post about what people regret on their deathbed. Somebody interviewing a lot of people who were very old in retirement homes and wherever about the top five things that any regrets people have or things that they would have loved to do more of or yeah, yeah. none of those are work more. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I don't I don't mean to say don't work, of course. <laughs> and hey, find a job you love and well, you know you, you won't have to work a day in your life. All that's jazz, right? Pick a guy. Yeah. But uh, but I, I want to go back to what you said about rejecting the structure. What, what did you mean by that? Oh, I meant I meant it was just another way to talk about exactly what you had said of like, maybe we don't need to structure things and we'll just see what, what happens on our conversations. What uh -huh. I reject as a structure is even more saying, well, oh, okay, so some it, it's not that the th everything was more is always likely to come under those umbrellas. Although I would love to tackle other types of topics uh, that are still of concern to students and, and young people. Um, but what I what I challenge here is to say to go through that the 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 the, the standardized studying working. Uh, and there's a standard there and, and I think that's what we've been saying a lot the self development can come throughout and just the earlier you start worrying about that mm -hmm. the better the more interesting your life is and it's not i don't mean to say don't worry about your career whatsoever because it's an mm -hmm. area of concern of course you, that's fine uh but i also do uh, i mean I, I tend to reject the standardized stereotype now, I am, there's a lot of areas where I am a stereotype, of course. I'm a stereotype just as a white guy. I'm a stereotype wearing this plate. There's tons of things that I'm stereotyped, typical, of course. Um, but one of the one of the things I've done, and I, it's obviously I'm biased in doing that, in saying this because this is how my life has been, is to go and wander and explore things and not follow the strict route of what the elders have said is the right way to go the elders, society, mm -hmm. um, you know, the dominant forces in society, the way a formalized education works, mm -hmm. which by certain perspectives is to formalize and standardize you to set within certain box and to, to organize yourself within a certain box. There's a whole, there's a whole, uh, 
there's a whole whole stool schools of thought that believe the formalized edu institutional education that we have is just basically uh, training people to be docile, to be to be just uh, uh, obedient. You know, that's to what be I joke. Obedient with huh? That's my joke at school. Yeah, I, I, my job to beat the creativity out of you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, uh, in, reading, anyway, in reading a that much bigger topic for the time it is now, perhaps but. it is. But in reading that post about your dad, mm. he he did that. Yeah, he 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 walked to the beat of his own drum. <laughs> yeah, he did. But he also, which I don't have myself, or I, I, I didn't. He had kids, so he had to provide. So he did beat to the sound of his own drum, but a lot of it was like, how am I going to feed my kids? There was that too. Uh, not always, not all the time. And he, you're right, he did, he did do his thing. And he left home to go travel and do his thing. And he, my mom left home with him after that uh, from different places. So it gave me a way to it gave me compared to the rest of my mom's family, my aunts and my cousins who stayed in the same city in the same spot. Uh, we we left, so we have a very, uh, which is one thing that my older brother talks about a lot, kind of unrooted uh, way to grow, but very, but still very, I feel very founded. There's a big foundation to, to that they gave us. I, I say us, my siblings yeah. and I. You have uh, a... You have a willingness to question in a way that I don't see in many people because, and, and I think it comes from when I read that post about your dad, I was like, wow, that's, that takes courage and it's inspiring to, to be around somebody like that and to know people like that, I think. Thank you. It is because I come at it from a different angle of not having fitted in and wanting to fit in and then eventually being okay with who I am and wanting to question everything as a result. Mm. And I recently read the brain that changes itself. And Oh, by the way, I read, I've read 20 books this year, which was my target. I'm really happy about that. Congratulations. So I don't think I have done 20 at all. I'm going for another 20 next year. And the, um, but I the brain, that. the great, but the brain that changes itself, very amazing book amazing book and one of the things he says in the book is that it talks a lot about neuroplasticity how the brain changes and the plasticity of the brain being one of the greatest things we have as humans because it allows us to to keep learning in, in, mm. in effect but one of the things he says in the book that i highlighted and sent to my sister is that immigration forces massive plastic change in the brain because you're, you're moving from one culture to another culture and everything that you thought was true is thrown out the window. And it gave me a whole different compassion for what my parents went through. My dad coming here when he was nine, never having seen snow, getting off the plane and being freezing cold, like one of the coldest winters on record when he came here. My mum coming here at 19 and like having to get a job. And again, freezing cold and all their experiences and hearing all about that and then hearing about it in this book from a biological point of view what it does to the brain and how it forces massive amounts of learning and change in a way that you don't 
get from other things and it's given my sister and I it's given us a, a willingness to question but also certainly through my teens and, and my early 20s I used to chase wanting to feel settled and I never did and and, I, and, I'm, and now I'm okay with that feeling I've made peace with it but before it was like I don't fit in I feel really angry all the time why am I angry all the time I don't know why I'm, I'm just permanently angry <laughs> and 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 I think that's one of the reasons why we both enjoy this kind of free reign, explore, explorative, interpretive conversation that goes all over the shop. And we don't really always know the answer, but that's the joy of it, of a yeah. tangent and a, yeah. a teaching tangent, I yeah. think. And it's a good reminder, I think, think for a good it's good we're looking for answers and for whom we're supposed to provide learning and answers in a very formalized fashion in classes courses classes school uh because we're both teaching right now or well, i mean you're full-time etc but anyway and to say to show like that that we don't know more than the questions that we ask ourselves yeah I mean, we know a lot more, we're learning all the time. And I think we're referring to everything that we're learning, but there's so many questions still. And, you know, it's just like, be skeptical of anybody that thinks they figured out the answer to everything. Or be wary of, I guess. That's almost a good place to end. Be yeah. skeptical of anyone who says they have the answer or be wary of them. Yeah. Well, and actually, <laughs> I would add a slight, a slight kind of slight close one to that in 2020 and even the past year. Uh, unfortunately, be skeptical of most of the headlines that you see in the news and the everywhere, clickbait posts and all that. Just, which is the same as me talking to my students about like check your sources, have sources, and probably check them. Now, I'm not saying don't use the thing that was clickbaity studies. You know, and then but look at the look at the actual article and go back and check. Oh, you're like, oh, this really scandalous, very provocative headline was actually only referring to a study where they talked to ten people, and talk to ten people doesn't, you know, doesn't provide actual um, evidence. Question everything, and yeah, dig. Basically, <laughs> question everything. Keep digging. Keep digging. I have fun. Oh yeah, don't forget to have fun. Been a bit of a challenge this year to have fun, but it we've is. done it. So places to go back to uh, that I I gave my students, well, one class of my students in uh, a post, uh, my, Monty Python's The Meaning of Life, The Galaxy Song. It's on YouTube. And uh, just a bit of perspective. And uh, the opening of uh, Avenue Q. What What's the my life going to be? Uh, it's uh, a bachelor's. I have my life ahead of me. I have a bachelor's in English, and I'm not sure what to do. It's when the kids wandering around arrives in Avenue Q. What is my purpose? <laughs> and and if you want, if you really want the answer to that one, watch Soul. Yeah, which you should do anyway. Yeah. So the only thing which it was so funny, another conversation. My my, I'm really was really bummed not to see that at the movies. Anyway, um, my brother was also like, you know, hung up about the fact that, well, yeah, but it's just giving more money to Disney Plus and justifying the fact that it's just all streaming all the time now and etc. And I'm like, yes, 
I agree, except I really want my friends to watch Soul and I want to talk about it with them. <laughs> but I also agree with your point of view. So I don't know how things are going to work out on that side, but that's a whole other big conversation. Movie theaters, the cinema industry is, that's one of the few industries that's probably like going to change massively for a long time because of the pandemic. But anyway, so I can't help myself. It was a good place to end and I ruined it. I'm sorry. <laughs> but then, sorry, because I want to just say, Surely streaming has was already going to threaten cinema. Maybe not the craft. Oh, it was. I'll, not the craft. It was, and it's not. It's the it's not only film was still going to be intact, but the cinema. So cinemas are still going to exist, right? It's not that they will they will disappear, and it was already massively changing. It accelerated all the trends. Uh, there's a lot of uh, independent or or what would be called art artistic or you know accomplished directors that were having a hard time financing movies that have been that have been and are being financed by streaming services except interestingly the streaming services giving carte blanche to really famous directors to do whatever they want is not according to some critics yielding the best movies aha uh -huh. Interesting. Which is interestingly, they don't have enough um, hand not hand holding enough uh, framing or organizing from the producers who would be like, no, this needs to be a little bit better. So let them do whatever they want. And so this uh, this I I'm not I've not seen some of the movies being referred to. And this in this case, I'm referring to the expert. I'm referring to is my brother-in-law, who's um, I don't agree with everything he says on movies. We don't have the same taste necessarily. But he is extremely learned in terms of cinema and wow. writes in a private forum wow. all the time, spends days writing his reviews, has wow. like complex arguments. He's, you know, and he's really, really big in philosophy and psychology, psychology and movies and reads a lot about movies. And so uh, that doesn't mean I, I agree with him on what's a good movie or not all the time, but his, I, but his opinion is, is researched and has weight for me. Uh, and I'm not the only one. But yeah, to him, a lot of the big directors releasing movies on Netflix recently, the movies aren't very good. Uh, so we're talking about Mank, we're talking about The Irishman, we're talking about uh, Roma. And he's like, they, 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 those films, funny enough, would have benefited from having a little bit more um, looking, looking into by producers to go, well, maybe, or editors or producers or, or somebody else that would be financing and going, well, maybe you should change this, change that. Um, now, I'm sure some people will disagree with me and think they were great, but I, I've not, that's not the only person I've heard say The Irishman was a very good. Um, now, I've not seen any of those three movies. I'd like to, but, uh, and I like Fincher, I like Scorsese, and I like, um, what's his face, uh, Eduardo Coron. I think Romo is Coron, I think so. Which was a Fincher film? Mank that was just released this month. Oh yeah, okay, I know about it. Not seen it. No, I've not the... seen it. So th this is hearsay. All I'm saying is hearsay right now. Right, but it, but it's again. I think it goes back to the structure of the money. Like if if you've got streaming services financing big directors, what does that mean for the product? What does it mean for the film? Well, the other thing is for what does it mean for the film is interesting. Is that the uh, everything and that, again, this is not super researched. I have an inkling that this is correct, but I'm not sure. Uh, or this is correct, correctly going in the right direction-ish, is that everything that all the streaming services are producing costs an enormous amount of money and there's 
less real money, real money going into it uh, because the because it's going to the valuation of the streaming services as companies. So it, it feels like it's bloating a bubble somewhere, uh -huh. Uh -huh. like a Silicon Valley bubble or something else, because it's all money that is financed on valuation of something that I don't think at all. I mean, I'm sure it's not uh, equivalent to the amount people are paying for subscriptions at all. Whereas it, interestingly, and, and the movie industry was already relying without even the streaming services was relying on uh, government uh, state funded tax breaks to shoot movies and do production uh, production companies, special effects companies that are operating on almost no margin that are just dying with people that are overworked. Uh, that happens a lot. And uh, but at the end of the day, it seems like and I'm probably wrong them probably just making this much simpler than it is. But when you had a big movie released, at, at some point, all the ticket entries is money coming out of people's pockets, real money, quote unquote, uh, in, in case, which is going back to the film that was financed. So there's a, an operation, whereas the $150 million that are spent by Netflix to, 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 to um, produce a big budget uh, Hollywood, you know, blockbuster movie action thing, like the probably six underground by Ryan Reynolds that costs, I don't know how much it costs, but it was a lot of money. Uh, how do they recoup that money? Ooh. I don't know. They would recoup that money by increasing the valuation of Netflix. Probably, of course, by increasing the amount of subscriptions, paid subscribers, but I don't know how the, there's not a straight up equation. It's not like the no, number of subscribers yeah. financing yeah. the movies. Yeah. They've yeah. invested yeah. billions of dollars in, in creating stuff, TV series, movies. The other thing I don't really like about the streaming services is the propensity for TV shows, series, I do enjoy series, don't get me wrong, I really like them, but they produce a lot, they die after three seasons, there's yeah. no encouragement to either uh, make a great ending to the series or keep it going, and that's like, yeah. the, the problem is almost even worse than in traditional TV networks. Yeah. Um, and then the tyranny uh, or the dictatorship of giant superhero movies is still as strong as ever regardless. You know, just just for show the the slew of, uh, of, <laughs> of announcement that Disney made of like everything everything Marvel and Star Wars like just tons of new shows and mostly series, yeah, that look kind of cool. I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool, but also like kind of it's sad because I do also like like really interesting art movies that make you think. And this for the same reasons I would like to to loop back to the beginning of the episode on indie video games. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, particularly this year, with all the—I don't know if you followed any of the any of the talk about uh, Cyberpunk twenty seventy-seven. I've seen bits here and there. I read a very a interesting giant fiasco. I've read a very a giant interesting fiasco of a launch of a of one of the biggest AAA video games to launch that people. It have was been a fiasco. For, for Twelve years. Yeah. Wow. I just yeah. read an article in Wired about the portrayal of women. And that the dildo being used as a weapon in the game is a reflection of fragile masculinity, which I thought was hilarious. Well, there was there was a bunch of articles saying, you know, the neon cyberpunk city is kind of cool, but it's like the only area that, that is not a novelty at all. It's just like seems like there's sex shops everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like, yeah. okay, cool. But no, the, the, the production lied about how ready the game was. 
Oh, uh, people man. massively overworked for months to have to be delivered on time, but they focused on the PC version. Yeah. Uh, and the PS4 and Xbox previous generation version just doesn't work. And they lied to Sony and Microsoft saying that it was fine. Um, oh, wow. The movie, and, and it, on top of that, on top of all the thing not being ready, is that the game was not as great as everybody had hoped. And it's a good game, but it's not a, enough of a good game to, to uh, forgive all the, the stuff that went down on the publication of it. So everybody was unhappy. A lot of people were unhappy. Wow. Uh, a lot of gamers were unhappy. The critics weren't that amazing. They were saying yeah, it's a good game, but and then the studio had overworked a lot of people and all the developers mm -hmm. weren't happy because they had to release a game that wasn't finished. Mm. Uh, the, the direction of the production studio, the publication had to apologize. There's like, this has been going on for several weeks. Uh, and it wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have been such a big thing if it hadn't been such a highly big yeah. anticipated game. And it was, the, and so of course, the bigger the risk, the more you hype the whole release, the more, the higher yep. you fall from if it doesn't work out the way you want it. Yep. And, sec and the, the sexist stuff is only one side, slight side from the whole disaster of it not being ready at all. And you look at the, the videos of what they showed and what the quality of graphics looks like and had the videos of what it looks like on the PS4 right now is horrible. PS4 or PS5? PS4. PS5, it looks good, but not as good on the, as, on the PC, as on the PC. Oh, dear. As the day it released, they had like patches for 50 gigs of content to change because oh, no. the thing's not working. Oh, no. So the game will be fine in a few months. They will have repaired it. They won't have repaired the kind of stuff that you're talking about that is full of... It's almost like the, the cyberpunk uh, genre is so explored in a lot of popular media that you have to do something a bit different. Uh, and apparently they did not. But the, apparently, it's still it's still a very good game. Like it's solid. The characters are interesting. The stories are are, are fine, but doesn't reinvent the genre either. Uh, and of, co of course, given how for somebody that would reinvent everything, but that was exactly what I was going to ask. Wow. Okay. So much for that ending. Sorry. Yeah. That's, a... <laughs> that's how it goes. It's, it's... play games. Talking about Christmas stuff, I did get a few books. Oh, I'm very excited about this book. Story Which for book? another time. Uh, Victor Klemper, The Language of the Third Reich, where he, in which he explores, this is a dude, a uh, philosopher that explored how the words and language used by Goebbels and the Nazi regime changed the German language to adapt the ideology and encourage their ideas into common language and the more people spoke the ideas using the new words they created the more the ideas took hold sounds like a rome user right there so <laughs> lots of stuff in perspective uh but in terms of structure i do like the idea of having you know what we can turn this thing slightly into a sort of book club that so as in we don't make the episodes about the books we read but we do read the books and promise each other to read so that we have the references when the questions come up. I like that idea. Well, I'm reading Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. And I'm, st I'm still reading Thinking Fast and Slow. I haven't progressed much. Well, that's so. a huge book, though. <laughs> I've been playing Dead Cells. <laughs> I, maybe we could, we, we could use it as a structure to keep ourselves accountable for reading. That kind of like that. Was, that's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Let's, let's do that. And All right. Thank you, as ever. Thank you. 
And uh, I think this is the official ending of season one, right? Yes. We can now move to season two. Yeah. And I can collect a whole bunch more questions properly. Yeah. Sounds good. Thank you. Great. Wonderful as ever. Yeah. It was a pleasure. Have a great day. You too.